Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sermon Podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location where each week you will hear a message designed to help you learn more about God, grow in your love for God and others, so that you can go and live a life driven by faith. There's a big difference, isn't there, between knowledge, the ability to know something, and wisdom, which is the ability to put that knowledge into practice in day-to-day life. Right now, we're in the middle of a series on the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is all about how you and I are to live as followers of Jesus Christ in day-to-day life. It's an important conversation, so I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you listen closely, because I believe God has something He would like to say to you. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do we have any people? Just, a, just do a, a very informal survey here. Anyone in the room who's a big fan of relaxing? I know this is a big change, but just stick with me. Is there anyone in the room who's a big fan of relaxing? What I'm finding out is that we have seven honest people at church here this morning, right? <laughs> How about napping? Do we have any nappers in the room? Just be honest. You love, like a power nap is the best thing that could happen. Yes. I think all of us, at some level, we like the idea of rest, don't we? We love it. Rest is a good thing. And I don't know, maybe some of you have, there's a piece of furniture that we have that's really dedicated towards resting. The whole reason it was built, the whole reason we have it is, is because we like to rest. And I don't know, maybe you have one in your house, but even its name speaks to its function. You know, a couch doesn't really speak necessarily specifically to why we have it, but the name of this piece of furniture speaks specifically to why we have it, right? And I don't know, maybe you didn't have one, but I know like my grandfather had a giant orange plush one of these, and it was his chair. And we had 11 cousins on that side of the family, and we just knew not to touch it because it was his spot. And he had this amazing ability, even with 11 children and his five children and all their spouses in the house all together, creating all sorts of noise, he could still sit down in that orange thing, pull the wooden handle, kick up his feet, and he was out for hours. It was a gift. What do we call this? The lazy boy, right? Its name speaks to what it is. Now, here's the the challenging thing about the lazy boy, if you think about it. It's kind of an odd name, isn't it? And we call every chair that looks like that the lazy boy. It doesn't have to be made by lazy boy. That's just what it is. It's the lazy boy style chair. Here's the challenging thing about that name. I don't know if you've ever thought of it, but it's actually kind of a negative name because rest is a good thing. Rest is a very good thing, but laziness, slothfulness, that is a bad thing. No one wants to be lazy. We like rest, but none of us want to be lazy. In fact, if you were to look traditionally at the seven deadly sins, laziness is one of them. And so we've taken something that is really a negative thing And we've put it in the name of this piece of furniture that we love. And it's kind of odd. I mean, we don't go to the refrigerator and call it the glutton box, do we? (laughs) We don't pull out our wallet and call it the greed pack. Do you want to hear them all? I thought through them all. I thought through them all this week. This is what I spent my time doing this week, talking about using your time wisely. This is my favorite one. We don't call instructions from Ikea wrath generators, and that's exactly what they are. And we don't call our social media envy and lust and boasting platforms, but that's exactly what they are sometimes. But we call this chair the lazy boy, and there's this tension, isn't it? There's this tension, because rest is good. 
Rest is a good thing. But laziness is bad. We don't want to be lazy. We want to rest and do that well. But we don't want to be lazy. And I think sometimes it can be a fine line, can it? Between resting productively and just being lazy and putting things off. So here's the question for us this morning. How do we know? How do we know the difference between productive, useful rest and just being flat out plain lazy? Because you can sit down in that piece of furniture, pull the wooden handle, have your feet kick up, lay back and fall asleep, and it can be a good thing. Or it could be a negative thing. And the question is, how do you know when it's good and when it's not? And even more importantly, for those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, what does God think about that? When does God say to us, you're doing well to rest? And when does God say to us, get out of the chair and get something done? Well, in the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, uh, we have here instructions from a father to a son. And if you have been with us over the last couple of weeks, you know that we've been walking through this book together and seeing what it is that God would have to say to us. And it's in this book, one of the things that gets talked about and what we're going to look at today, and it gets talked about in a few different places, we're going to look at one passage is how we can know whether or not we are truly being lazy with the time that we have been given. What does it look like to be productive and to avoid being slothful? It's interesting that this is a letter or instructions from a father to a son. Proverbs falls under the category of wisdom literature. It's tagged wisdom literature in the Bible. And wisdom literature, simply put, are the books of the Bible that teach us what it looks like to take the commandments of God and follow them in our daily life. They are the practical books. This is what God says. Other books tell us what God says. The wisdom literature book tell us how we live that out in day-to-day life. It's interesting that this father-son relationship, because in the verses we're going to look at, and we could look at other books, verses in Proverbs as well, the father is telling his son to avoid laziness. And can't you just picture this? The world hasn't changed. Fathers, have you ever delivered this speech to your teenage son about getting up and getting something done and not lying around all day and wasting the time? Well, that's the similar situation that we walk into this morning. This father warning his son about what could happen. And God, through this book, warning you and me. Here's what he says. It's in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard. It's a harsh word, isn't it? Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an unarmed man. So you see the scene, you see the picture of this father coming upon his son, speaking to him, 
Potentially, as he's laying in bed and refusing to get out. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't happen in your house. It's never happened in your house. You were never the one that was in bed and refusing to get out and just hitting the snooze button over and over and over again. But this son's not like you. Here he is, and his father is trying to convince him to get up and go and do something. And the question is, what is the difference here between rest and laziness? What's the difference? It's good to rest. We don't really have to get into it, but how many scientific studies are produced over and over and over again in the headlines put in our Apple news feed that we need rest, that rest is good, that to stop and to sleep is how we are designed. If you want to be productive during your day, you have to find time for your body to rest. Rest is good. And it's not just that science would tell us that. God modeled it for us. God worked for six days. And then he rested for a day, right at the beginning. And not only did he model it, he then told us to do the same thing. He gave us a command and said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Rest. Take time to slow down and rest. And Jesus modeled it for us. Because regularly we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those books that tell us of Jesus' ministry, that Jesus would regularly take time away from the crowds to rest. And so rest is a good thing. It strikes me that there is a big difference between rest and laziness. And I think it's this. Rest is designed to recover from or prepare us for purposeful activity. Rest is designed to help us recover from or prepare for purposeful activity. That's what rest is designed for, and it's a good thing. God said to us, I've designed you in this way. You need a day of the week to rest. So take a day and rest. It's good for you. And that rest is designed to be a break. It prepares us. It rejuvenates us. It regenerates us as we recover from purposeful activity and we prepare to go back into it. And we have all sorts of industries around resting, all sorts of products designed to help us sleep better, all sorts of things that promise to help us go to a deeper sleep and a longer sleep. This, the entire vacation industry exists because rest is a good thing. But laziness, on the other hand, is, is bad. Laziness, as the father describes it to his son, laziness is substituting something else instead of purposeful activity. If rest is the rejuvenation from purposeful activity and building up for purposeful activity, laziness is the avoidance of purposeful activity. It can look the exact same as rest, but it functions very differently. And here's the tricky thing for you and for me. If you were with us at the beginning of the service, Justin asked everybody if if we had a busy week. And the hands went up, almost 100% of the room that I could see. And then he asked, who has a busy week coming up? And almost everybody's hand went up against. Because the challenge that we have in our world today is that we are exceedingly busy. And I think the busyness of this world can actually make it very difficult to determine whether or not we are resting or being lazy. Because the truth is, we can feel exceedingly busy, and still be very 
lazy. We can feel incredibly busy, like our day has been packed and we have been going and going and going and going. But the truth is, we're actually fairly lazy. And so for some of us, I think we need to hear a passage like this and, and seriously consider and reflect and ask ourselves, is, am I spending too much time lying around? And maybe God would speak to us this morning and convict us of that. But you know, I think many of us, we feel so busy that we would immediately write this passage off and say, well, that one's not for me. That's for the other people that have a problem. I agree, there are other people in this world that are lazy, and they're the ones that need to get up and do something. So here's what I would ask you to consider this morning. I would ask you to consider this question this morning. Are you, are you busy lazy? Are you busy lazy? And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Do you have the, a full schedule, a packed day, things one right after another, But all that it's doing is causing you to avoid the purposeful work you should be doing. I'll give you an example of what lazy busy looks like. Every month, worldwide, we, all of us included, watch 3.25 billion hours of YouTube videos every month. Now, I'll give you that maybe the 0.25 is useful information off YouTube. So let's take out the 0.25. That's useful information. That means 3 billion hours a month. We are wasting. We are busy. We're busy. We took up the time. But we are busy, lazy. We spend about 3 hours and 15 minutes on our cell phones each day. I'm going to be real honest with you. That sounds low. Sounds low for the people I know and also for the guy that when I look in the mirror. Seems a little low. We still, even with all the streaming services, spend three hours and 58 minutes a day watching TV on average. That's last year. And on social media, we spend two hours and 22 minutes a day on social media. Also sounds a bit low to me. But maybe when you include everyone. That's busy lazy activity. By and large, busy, lazy activity. And I think we, this is an important question for us as we think about what God is saying to us in his, world, in his word. You and I feel busy, but the question whether or not is our schedule packed or are we always responding? Are we always on? Are we always texting? Are we always messaging? Are we always looking at things? Are we always taking in information? We are busy. The question is not, are you busy? The question is, are you busy with work that actually matters? Are you being purposeful with the time that you have? That's an important question. And I think push come to shove, that is exactly what this father is telling his son, and that's exactly what God would say to you and me. I have given you and allotted you a certain amount of time. Are you being purposeful with the time? And the father tells his son to look at the ant here. And it's a pretty good illustration. It's an illustration that works today. Look at the ant. The ant is, the father says, the ant is active. The ant is active doing, doing work that matters. She prepares her bread in the summer. She gathers her food at harvest. The ant is active. The ant does work that is necessary. 
She's not wasting her time with things. She's doing the work that matters. She's gathering. She's preparing her bread and gathering her food. And she also does work that is timely. She does it when it is necessary. She plants at the right time, and she gathers. So the ant does work that is active. The ant does work that is necessary. And the ant does work that is timely. See what I did there? I didn't waste time this week coming up with that acronym. Active, necessary, and timely. And the father is saying to the son, here's the deal. If you waste your time doing things that do not have great purpose and avoiding work, not being active, not doing the necessary hard work, and not doing it in a timely manner, here's what happens to you. And look what he says in these last couple of verses. I think this is such a great picture of exactly what happens. He says this, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Now here's what I don't want to do this morning. I don't want to make light of really difficult situations that exist in our communities and in our world where individuals and people suffer because of injustice. But I do want us to take a good hard look at ourselves because I think that's what God calls us to in our world, or in his word, and ask ourselves, am I neglecting and avoiding purposeful, important work? Because here's what happens when we do. The father says, poverty comes on you like a robber and want like an armed man. And have you ever experienced this? Have you ever looked at somebody else and you thought you had it pretty good? You thought you had it good. And then you looked not just at someone else's financial situation, but maybe you looked at the state of their family or the state of their marriage or how great of a parent they are or how, how wise they are in a certain area or a skill or ability they have. And all of a sudden, when you see where you are and you see where that person is, want comes upon you like an armed man. This is a perfect analogy. And all of a sudden, we get envious and jealous because they have something that we don't. And we say it's unfair, and we say it's wrong, and we get upset about that. But you know what we ignore sometimes? We ignore the reality big part of the reason that person has that in their life is because over the course of many years, they have done active, necessary, and timely work to build a strong marriage, to build a strong family, to grow a business, to gain intellect, to gain wisdom. And we ought to be careful, I think God would tell us this morning, to look at others and let that want consume us, we would do better to look at ourselves and say, okay, God, is there work that I have been neglecting that you're calling me to do? Jesus talked about this. He talked about it in a story that some of us know as the parable of the talents. It's in Matthew chapter 25. And in that story, Jesus tells this. He says, let me help you 
explain what the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus says. It's kind of like a man who calls together three trusted servants, and he entrusts to them his property. And to the first, he gives five talents. Now, a talent is about 20 years worth of wages for a normal average worker in the day. These are huge amounts of money. He gives to the first man five talents, and he gives to his second entrusted, his trusted servant two talents, and to the third, one talent. And Jesus says, and then the man goes on a long journey. And while he's gone, the worker that he gave five talents to worked, invested, ran businesses, and doubled the money. So when the master returned, he returned to him 10 talents. And to the one who was given two, he did the same thing, and he doubled his money as well and gave the master back four talents. And then Jesus says, but the third one, he was so afraid of the master and so afraid of failure that he buried the money in the ground. And even though he only had one talent, can you imagine 20 years worth of wages he took and buried in the ground. And when the master came back, he said, master, I know that you're someone who, who doesn't like to lose their money. And this is very important too. And so I'll tell you what I did. I kept it safe in a hole in the ground. And here is your one talent back. And Jesus says, at that moment, the master will look at this servant who has given one talent back and will say these words. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, I don't think Jesus is necessarily talking about money there, but I think he's talking about an important truth for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, and it is this. You and I have been given by God a certain amount of time on this earth, and I have heard it said before that time is one of the most, is the the most important commodity we have, but I disagree with that statement because I don't think time is a commodity. Commodities can be bought and sold and traded. With time, you get what you get. And you know what the challenge is with time? None of us know exactly how much we have. I don't think time is a commodity. I think time is a currency. And we're spending it every single second. We just don't know when the stack runs out. Pastor Tony Evans says it this way, and I love the way he says it. He says, if we really want to know how old we are, we should, we should count our birthday by our death date, not when we were born. Because if you're 75 and you're going to live to 100, you're relatively young. But if you're 21 and you're going to live to 23, you are very old. Time is a currency that we are spending every second of every day. And God is saying to us, Jesus is saying to us, listen, there is purposeful work that I've given you to do, purposeful work that I have for you. And I, as your God, am entrusting to you the work of the kingdom, 
to go and to spread my love, to go and to, and to put your time and energy and effort into relationship with me and relationship with your family and relationship with those who are around you. I'm giving you this work to do. And when I return, what a joy it will be to see those of you who have taken what I have asked you to do and invested your time wisely into the work that actually matters. The truth is, there's a lot of that third servant in all of us. That's the third servant that knows there's important work that God wants us to do. See, I don't think the third servant buried the money and then just sat around. He was busy. He was going about doing his normal thing. And all the time he was worried about this money. He was going back, checking the hole, making sure it was still there. He had things to do. He was busy with his time. But because he was busy avoiding purposeful work, he was actually quite lazy. And the question for you and I this morning is what are you busy with? Are you busy avoiding the work that God would call you to do? Are you busy being purposeful? The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel is that even though there's a lot of that third man inside of all of us, even though there's a lot of that third servant inside of us avoiding the work we know we should be doing, pretending like we have all the time in the world to get it done, is that while we were waiting and wasting time, God loved us enough to send his son down to this earth to die on the cross for our sins, that we might be able to have a relationship with him. And no matter how much time we feel like we've wasted, we have a God who loves us enough and is gracious enough to look at us and to say, I forgive you. Now go and do the work that I have called you to do. That is the good news. And you know what the motivating factor is? The motivating factor for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ to go and do purposeful work is this. Not that we're so afraid that God's going to come back one day and we're going to see him face to face and he is going to be angry with us because we didn't do the work that we were supposed to do. The motivating factor is that in spite of the reality that I have wasted the time that God has given me, that there are times I have not used it wisely, that I have avoided purposeful work just to pass the time, God and his love and grace and mercy still wants and desires relationship with me. And out of that, I am motivated to go and do what he's calling me to do. You see, those who doubled the talents, they didn't do it out of fear of their master. They did it out of love and respect for their master. What purposeful work are you avoiding in your life right now? What has God asked you and called you to do that you are so busy being lazy you're not doing it? For some of us, it's our relationship with God himself. We are avoiding deepening that relationship. We are busy with all sorts of things, but we are not doing the work that God's called us to do. For some of us, it's our family relationships. 
We know the most important relationships that we have, and we are avoiding doing the work that we need to do. For some of you, God has called you to go and do something. He's called you to some sort of ministry, to serve, to build. And we're so busy being lazy that we're avoiding the work that he's calling us to do. What is the work that God is calling you to do? I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward. And as they do, as they do, there's a poem that was written by the English poet Edgar, Ed, Edgar Albert Guest. And I think it's pretty applicable to today. So I want to read this, and then I'm going to spend a little bit of time in prayer. And after we spend that time in prayer, our worship team is going to play. And in the back of the room, a couple of us are going to be back there. My wife, Lori, and I will be in the back of the room. I'm going to ask Bill and Karen Sullivan if they'll be in the back of the room, one of our elder couples. We have a few extra moments here this morning. Prayer is important. God uses it. Maybe there's something that was said during the sermon of the service today that you would want someone to pray with you for. We'll be back there. Come back while the music is playing and we'll pray with you. Maybe there's a piece of this where you're like, I I know I've been avoiding this work that God's calling me to do. I need to do that work. We want to encourage you and pray with you. So we'll listen to this. We'll pray together. We'll worship. And as we do, come back. We want to pray with you. This is what Edgar Albert Guest writes. I invite you to think about these words. He was going to be all that a mortal should be tomorrow. No one should be kinder or braver than he tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary he knew, who'd be glad of a lift and who needed it too. On him he would call and see what he could do tomorrow. Each morning he stacked up the letters he'd write tomorrow and thought of the folks he would fill with delight tomorrow. It was too bad indeed he was busy today and hadn't a minute to stop on his way. More time he would give to others, he'd say, tomorrow. The greatest of workers this man would have been tomorrow. The world would have known him had he ever seen him tomorrow. But the fact is he died and he faded from view, and all that he left here when living was through was a mountain of things he intended to do tomorrow. God, I thank you that even though all of us in the room can think of times where we have put off the important work of serving you and serving others, that there is grace and mercy and forgiveness through you. But God, some of us know this morning that there is work that we should be doing that we are avoiding and not participating in. God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would give us the strength and the mercy and the grace we need to go and do the work that you are calling us to do. Help us to do it all for your glory. Help us to use the time that you have given us wisely. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. Learn more about us by visiting our website 
mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E.org, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at M-T Hope Belmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.